Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get Women of the Military podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show onto all the apps people like to listen to? How much will it cost to get started? And how will I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. So, if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go for it. Go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Welcome to episode four of the Women of the Military. In today's episode, I interviewed Kai Young. Kai Young is a Charlotte native currently serving in the North Carolina National Guard. After serving on active duty, in the Army for over six years. She is also a cancer survivor and is about to celebrate her one-year anniversary of being cancer-free. At such a young age, she already has accomplished so much, but that doesn't mean she doesn't have big plans for the future. You are listening to the Women of the Military podcast, where we share the stories of female service members and how the military touched their lives. I'm your host, military veteran, military spouse, and mom, Amanda Huffman. My goal is to find the heart of the story and uncover issues women face while serving in the military. If you want to be encouraged by the stories of military women and be inspired to change the world, keep tuned for this latest episode of Women of the Military. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself? And I just want to start off by saying thank you so much for allowing me to be here and to speak with you. My name is Captain Ty Young. I am a captain in the North Carolina National Guard, and I currently serve as a more of a recruiter. So I get to plan awesome community events where we show our locals exactly what we do, how they can join, and how we can provide them educational benefits. Um, I am also a Charlotte native, so I was born and raised in my city. So it is so amazing to finally be here after being on active duty for the last six plus years and traveling. I've moved seven times, so it's so amazing to finally be here around my dad, my brother, and my other family members. I also run Time Carolina, which is a marketing and branding consulting business. And I pretty much advertise veteran businesses and get the exposure that they need. I have a little over 20,000 followers, about 4 million views across the world for my videos. And I can tell you managing a blog and being able to show people who I am and uh, do a lot of community activism has been a highlight. And I am truly excited to get to travel and share my story with one another. And so that kind of makes um, Ty Young Ty in Carolina. And so it's pretty awesome. That is, that's really cool that you have that platform. Let's start way back at the beginning. Why did you decide to join the Army? I decided to join the Army because of one person. I was in high school, junior reserve officer training corps, which is the JRA OTC program. And my teacher had kind of taken me under her wing. She was the first female first sergeant across North Carolina. And she was the first person to make sure that I was getting on the bus in the morning to make sure that I got home in the evenings after my mom unfortunately passed away. And my dad was working so much to make sure that he could provide for all of us. And so she taught me how to be a professional at the age of 13. And I told her that to give back in order to give the world what she gave me, the only thing I could do was to serve my country. And I dedicated myself since 
2003 to be an army officer and to go the distance. And that was more than 15 years ago. Wow, that's such a cool story. It gave me chills just hearing about how you ended up in the military. That's really neat. Did you do ROTC in college after high school or how did you get your commission? I did. Um, I actually got a scholarship my freshman year at UNC Greensboro, or that's the University of North Carolina at Greensboro. And once I got the scholarship, I contracted to be a cadet and I was set to commission in 2011. What uh, type of jobs did you do in your time on active duty? You told us a little about what you're doing now, but what did you do while you were in the Army active duty side? Too many things, too many jobs. Um, I started off, I'm a chemical officer by trade, but I swear I barely got to do it. I have served as an AG officer, which is like human resources and administrative processes. I was actually commander for an air defense unit in Germany. So I did that for a year. Um, I deployed with them as a chemical officer, but I served as the XO. Um, I've also been the battalion S1 or more of the human resources officer for the 82nd Airborne Division Battalion. And I have also been a community planner of doing um, community-based events out in Germany. So what I got to do there was basically take the high school students and show them what airborne operations looks like. I got to show them what it's cool to, to run security operations. And pretty much I got to do anything that involved people. So singing, I actually got to sing for a year for the Army, which was awesome because I got to be in plays like Hairspray. Like who gets to say they were in Hairspray as an Army officer? Um, and I got to sing in Toppers Awards and act, and it was pretty awesome. Like, I had such a good time. That sounds really cool. What job out of all the different jobs? I know you said the singing, but what was, I guess, what was the most challenging job? Because you told us your favorite job was the singing. I would say the most challenging job that I had was serving as a commander at such a young age. Uh, our unit was split in so many different areas because of the operation we were running, trying to defend Turkey with Syria, launching missiles and bombs. And so I served as a commander, as a first lieutenant, which is not normal for active duty, usually um, a captain by that time. And I was only 25 years old, like barely 25. I was 24, actually going on 25. And we just, we had a lot of hard times being that we lost um, a few soldiers uh, due to uh, suicide and other accidents. Serving as a commander at such a young age and having to, you know, show face, like show them that I could do that. And being one of the only females in a command role there was really difficult. And getting people to listen to a barely 25-year-old is kind of hard when you have people in your command that have been in the Army as long as you've been an adult. That was, that was really challenging for me, but we made it out and I am just glad that I got to do that job. And you said that you deployed, where did you deploy to? I deployed to the border of Syria in this little city called Gaziantep, Turkey. Um, it was in support of basically defending the air from al-Assad and them dropping bombs in miscellaneous places of them not actually targeting specific regions and have an accident. So we were there to shoot down these missiles um, on the border and, you know, kind of policing the channels from Aleppo. So it was, it wasn't too difficult, but it was definitely a hard and long mission. How long were you there? My unit was there for 365 days, but I got to serve for four months because I had to leave and take command. Oh, okay. But it was a long four months. Yes, it was a long four months. And I had no idea that I was actually going to redeploy early to take command. I thought I was there for the 365. I'm telling you that I 
I, I would have stayed there over the hardships of the command, honestly, because command was much more difficult than deployment. But, you know, I'm glad I got to see both because I think I was much more well-rounded and understanding of how operations work. That makes sense. You got a chance to compete in the Miss Veteran America. Can you tell us about the Miss Veteran America program and what your experience was like? Oh, wow. Miss Veteran America is by far such a dynamic and beautiful organization. Um, it's based from Final Salute Incorporated, which houses um, homeless female veterans and their children. And it's one of the only organizations that does so because there's such a unique identifier of being a female and having children and finding a place in which, if you don't know, most shelters don't accept male children over the age of eight. You have to be in a, a male shelter or a men's shelter. They provide transition services, transportation, headshots, resume building. They provide bill paying. So just in case your lights get turned out. And they also provide a steady home that has in-home cooks. They share the responsibilities. And Miss Veteran America is not a pageant. It is a competition where, although we wear dresses, we wear our boots, not heels. Um, and we do a push-up contest. And the person who wins is the advocate for female veterans. And so you're not up there just to wear a crown. You're there to show that this crown represents all the females that will need your help. And I had the most amazing time because I met my best friends for life. I met my two sisters who Miss Veteran America 2016, Molly Mae Potter, and Miss Veteran America 2016, second runner-up, Charlinda Scales, major scales now are my best friends for life. And we meet each other, you know, at least two to three times a year. And we're all across the world. And I, I think I gained more than I ever gave to the organization. That sounds really cool. Yeah, I hadn't learned about it, but then I saw something on LinkedIn and was like, oh, that sounds really interesting. I liked when you talked about the advocate for female veterans because that's a really strong platform. And I feel like as female veterans, sometimes we get forgotten about. So to have someone out there advocating for us is really a cool thing that's going on. Agree with that. It is so easy that we're lost in the medical system. I mean, even I, after getting off of active duty and having to go through the VA, which they have been supportive, but it was extremely difficult learning that I'm showing up for appointments and they're telling me, I'm sorry, but we don't do female services on these days. And I'm like, I specifically asked for this appointment four months ago. And you're telling me that you don't offer female services here, although that's specifically what I said over the phone. And then I had to wait another four and a half months to be seen. So eight months into a medical process to learn that I had cancer and I could have, I should have been treated a long time ago. And a mistake like that cost people lives. And as a large demographic, I don't understand how we could be so left out. I agree. We are a lot bigger than I think people realize, because especially with how many more women are joining the military and we're still forgotten about. And it's very frustrating. It is. I met you at the Military Influencer Conference and it felt like every booth I went to was like, oh, were you in the military? And I was like, yes, yes, I was. <laughs> like, stop <laughs> asking me the question. Like, I'm talking to you. So it was, it was frustrating. It is. It's very frustrating. And I, I tell people this story. I was with my boyfriend at the time and we were going to, to fly to New Orleans and I am the sponsor of the ticket and I'm the person who has the ID. And that it's all registered under my military ID. 
and they stand up and they clap for his service. I said, oh, no, ma'am. He says, no, ma'am. Actually, she's the service member. I'm the spouse, you know, she's actually the one who served. And they still shook his hand over mine. I did not get a handshake for your service. I did not get a congratulations. And I literally had on American flag pants and my shirt said serve like a girl with a pair of dog tags. And I was still the spouse, no matter what. I, I have noticed that like when they honor veterans, that people will come up to the men standing around me and thank them for their service. And even though I raise my hand, they pretend like I don't exist. And I'm like, did I not serve well enough? Or when they overhear men talking about being in the military, they'll like stop and say thank you. And it doesn't happen all the time, but it does happen a regular amount that they act like I haven't served in the military. And people don't say, oh, thank you. They do say it sometimes, but often they don't say it. And it's really weird. It is. And I, you know, I still serve in uniform currently. So I, I do receive the appreciation from our community and from supporters. And I'm always grateful for that. But that was experience of being shut down like I hadn't served at all. What are your future plans? You got out of the army and our army on active duty and now you're doing reserves. What do you have planned in the future? Do you plan on staying in for retirement or what's next? Plan on uh, staying to apply to medical school. I'll be um, using the HPSE, which is like a scholarship, the health services scholarship. And I hope to go back on active duty as a doctor because my ultimate goal is to be the director of a VA because I do believe that preventative medicine isn't on the forefront of what veterans uh, need. I think we could save a lot of money, but we could save more lives and more injuries if we did it preventatively. And so that's my goal. And my company goal is to maintain Time Carolina, show people uh, what veteran businesses have to offer, and it'll be a direct link so they can see in my city, in this location, this is this veteran business I can support and get great products and get great services from. And so that's what I'm aiming to do ultimately. And it has started off so well. But I all I know that my my goal is to be Dr. Dr. Young. That's so cool. I really hope that it all works out because you just have like such a path forward and it's exciting to hear about what you plan to do and what you've already done with your time in service. Did you face any struggles in the military being a female? You talked a little bit about not being recognized as a veteran or a service member out of uniform, but in the military community while serving on either active duty or reserves, have you had any struggles? I would definitely say that being taken seriously was something that I definitely struggled with. And I struggled with it because of what I looked like physically. Um, and I know this is probably like something so awkward to even say, um, but often I would hear, oh goodness, this is going to be trouble. And I'm thinking like, why would I be trouble? And it was because people didn't want to control themselves or some men didn't want to control themselves. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm not bothersome. I'm just here to do my job. You can't look past the fact that I'm a female and I'm somewhat, you know, attractive. And that was very difficult for me to hear rumors about myself all the time or people to always tell me, oh, I've heard about you. And I'm like, why? And it's always about something like, oh, yeah, I heard such such was interested in you over, oh, you did a great presentation today. And that is the problem I had with being taken seriously. And it was very difficult at times when I'm, I'm the person who has a 298 and above PT test. I have the German proficiency badge the gold, like the highest award in that area. I 
have a great running time. I am a young cat, a young, you know, commander. And yet the first thing I hear about myself is, you know, oh, like, who are you dating? Or are, are you single? And I'm confused because this other guy who's not even half of my capabilities is being asked, does he want to go to airborne school? But I'm being asked, do I think I'm going to start a family? But that was just a struggle. And it kind of angered me because I worked my butt off to have all of these things, yet I'm not the first to be asked, do I want to go to airborne school? I'm the last to be asked. That is a struggle I think that women who served in the military can identify with because I feel like every time you go to a new unit or a new place, you have to prove you have to prove your work. You're not given the benefit of the doubt. And I think that's something that is I've heard many women say, so I know that you're not alone in that. Yeah. It's very, very frustrating. But luckily in my unit now, this has been the most family loving and considerate unit I've ever been a part of. And it is such an eye-opening experience to see that they ask you first how you are, how they can help, and then ask, you know, what are you available to do? And this is the first unit that I've ever had that was like that, that saw me for. My boss literally said, we chose you for this job because we think that you can be good at it. And this is what we know you're capable of. And that's the first time I've ever heard a boss put my accolades and my determination first over what I was not going to be able to do. And I, I'm, I'm very appreciative of my current unit. That's really good. I'm glad to hear that. What was your favorite memory from your time on active duty in the Army? Oh, so many. Um, favorite memory was definitely, oh my gosh, was definitely promoting my soldiers. And it's like they know what's going to happen. But when you call their name up to run to the front of formation and you pin that rank on them, it is like they're everything that they've ever worked for was worth it. And that is the best moment to see their kid, you know, punch the rank on or their kid to pin the rank on their hat. And it is just that is probably my favorite moment because they worked for that and they did their job because they love it and they want to support you and I, I that that's my favorite moment seeing them smile. I've had a lot of people answer that question with talking about the people who either worked for them or worked above them and how like they interacted. And so I just know that the people who work together in the military just have a big impact on each other. How did being in the military affect you as a person? I think it definitely made me not have excuses. The, I have been in tough and difficult situations. I have gone through hardships, but I always made it to the end. So that's how I treat everything that I do individually. There is no excuse for not getting something done. There is no excuse for not making it happen because as fast as we can find resources for ourselves, it's even faster we can find resources to get the mission done. And so I understand that if I start something, I have to finish it. If I enable something, I have to complete it. If I see things through, then I have to know that it was done with the most quality expertise that is possible on myself. And that's how it shaped me as a person. How do you think that changed you from who you were before? Do you think that you always had that in you and then the army just brought it out of you? Or did you go through something that actually like changed you in your mindset? Um, I would definitely say that um, I was always like this. Because I have always known I was going to join the military since I was 13. Right. So, I mean, I was 13 as a ninth grader in high school. So this has been 
16 years of knowing that I was going to do this. So I do believe that this has always been the same. Um, But I definitely could say that it made me fight harder once I saw that I wasn't given any slack. Like I can't just be in the back of the formation. I have to raise my hand first because I'll go unnoticed simply because I'm a female, simply because I am a minority, simply because, you know, I have a lot of things that are specific to me. And I knew that, all right, if I'm going to be in charge, I have to prove I can actually be in charge. And so that definitely changed me after, um, I would say, my college commissioning. Is there anything from your military experience that we didn't talk about that you want to share about? I would definitely just say that it's not easy. Um, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. And even when I have failed, I didn't do it alone. And you have to lean on your subordinates. You have to lead on the people around you. And I am so glad that I was that influential, you know, little kid in ninth grade. And I'm thankful to have had the mentors that I have because they made me everything that I am today. And I am truly thankful for all the opportunities that I've been given because without the military, you know, I would have $250,000 worth of debt because of having cancer. You know, I would have almost $100,000 of debt on top of the $250,000 of education debt. And I would have never been able to travel around the world. So Everything that they've given me, I've tried to give it all back and do my best every single day. And I think that that's how you should live life in general, even if you don't join the military. But if you do, give it 110, 111, 112, and then 113%. That's really good advice. And I got distracted when we were talking earlier and you mentioned that you had cancer. Can you tell us a little bit about what that experience was? It sounded like it took a really long time for the VA to figure it out. And are you recovered from it? Or are you still going through treatment? Um, I had surgery, two surgeries, one in January of this year, one in February of this year. Um, and I have my next appointment, which will be October 22nd. So I'll be like eight months cancer free. And it was really, really difficult. Um, and it was actually a civilian doctor who, who was pushed out by um, the army to, for me to see. And they are the ones who missed it. And the VA missed it because they kept telling me to come back in three months because it probably wasn't anything. And so it was really, really hard. I have seven hours worth of surgery. I had a lot of complications. I was really, really sick for a long time. And I, that was the first time I ever, I saw how discounted female veterans were, but it was also the first time I seen how many people can rally around me and how many people supported me and my family, my friends, my Facebook, my Instagram. And I am happy to be cancer free and I'm happy that the army still gave me a shot to serve. And I'm just glad that it's almost over. And I would just say that it definitely taught me that I have to live for every day and every moment. And I don't take anything for granted. I could see how that could change everything. When you hear the words cancer, it kind of, especially with how young you are, it kind of shakes everything up. My last question is, it kind of goes with what you already answered, but I wonder if it changes a little bit. But my last question is, what would you tell girls who are considering joining the military? Do it. Do it now. Do it right now. And if you want to show that you can be a better person, that you can support your country or your state, do it now. The more you wait, the more you prolong your goals. And if you have to think about something so much to see if you're the right fit for it, 
then you need to look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself what you really want to do with your life. I want to be a part of the greatest fighting force in the entire world. And once you say that to yourself, go to your recruiting station right now and know that this is not about you being a girl. This is not about you being a female. This is about you being a soldier, an officer, and a leader. And if you think you're capable, start now. I love that because that is, you can think about it for a long time and never actually take action. So if it is something you want to do, just do it and you won't regret it. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate hearing your story and learning more about you. Um, If people want to get connected with you, where would be the best place for them to go? Awesome. Just contact me on my Facebook page. Um, That is Ty, T-Y-M. Carolina, or you can do my Instagram, which is the same, Ty, T-Y-M, Carolina underscore. And you can always visit my website, which is www.tymcarolina.com. And that's T-Y-M, Carolina. Hit me up, Facebook me, Instagram me, DM me, and let me know that you are supporting me and I will do the same. And we'll put the links in the show notes so that if you didn't catch it, you'll be able to find them easily. Thank you for listening to this episode of Women of the Military. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing stories I have with women who have served in our military. Did you love the show? Don't forget to leave a review. Finally, if you are a woman who has served or is currently serving in the military, please email me at airmentomom at gmail.com so I can set you up to be on a future episode of Women of the Military.